everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment. I'm one of your hosts for this evening, Mel, and my co-host with the most, Maddie. That's a me. I hope that's you. I'm a Matthew. <laughs> Rocking the red. I'm in the I know I'm all redded out like a blood today. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Don't tell our crypt friends, our tales from the crypt friends. I'm <laughs> blooded out. They don't like that oh, shit. Wow. I got Ninja Turtles, so we're all right. When you're wearing Ninja Turtles, it's very universal, I feel, because everybody can relate to one of them. So it's no, all- we're kind of we're kind of Christmassy though. You've got on the red, and I got on green. So I'm wearing a cheese it shirt because that's what I ate for dinner last night. <laughs> How healthy am I? Screw it! With the I can't say anything with the, COVID. the choices. COVID. Yeah, COVID's going to be the reason why I get fat again because I'm getting depressed and eating. That's actually reality. I think though, like that, it's going to do that to people. There's a deal. There's a situation. I don't want to get too behold the pill podcast on the world, but we're yeah out of darkness. Everybody's sad. We know this. It's been very gloomy. People aren't being able to do anything. Unfortunately, you know, big like, Yeah, it's ridiculous because like the more you listen to the news and everything, like we're like they're saying we're only a couple of weeks away from every hospital being at its capacity in the United States. And that hospitals are going to be shutting down soon because they're going to be so overwhelmed with the amount of patients that are going to be in there that you're going to see people literally dying on the streets trying to get treated for COVID. I wonder how much of that's reality, though. There was some of that. There was some. I mean, the way they were talking about it, because I was watching Meet the Press, and they were, and that's where they were saying talking about that. And it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like watching. It's gonna be like legit watching a horror movie, because they said that that's what it's going to take is for people to see that harsh reality to get them to start doing what they need to in order to get rid of this disease. Haven't we seen enough harsh reality for crying out loud? Guess not. (laughs) Like we gotta, we gotta watch enough bullshit with, you know, this presidency and getting Trump out of office because he thinks it's fixed, but whatever. And then we got to deal with COVID. It's like, 2021 better either be the best year ever and or it's going to come and say and hold my beer. I, I feel it's more of a hold my beer situation. I posted that the other day and people were like, don't even say that. Well, well not for nothing. Yeah. With the way this year has been, there's no way that 2021 is going to get any better. It's In gonna- the world of hatred and politics, right? Yeah. You like it? Watch us. This is going to be good. Um. In the world of the hatred and the politics, they hate each other so much and they want to diminish each other so much that if we do get President Biden in, I think that first year there is going to be so dedicated to the behind the scenes corruption of doing what he wants to do for his side, because they all do it for his side so much to do so much damage in that first year that they can blame that on the previous and then move into it because that's their real... That's their real goal. They're 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 uh, the real uh, mo. What's that when you have like a like a when you have a like a certain period of time that you can do something in? What what do they call that? The grace period. You have that grace like, period. That like, grace that period. Dark, dark, dark grace period to do as much evil shit that you can to benefit from and fuck over the people um, to blame on the person before you. And that's just for all of them. And anybody who listens to any of all the shows, no, I, I don't take a side. I, I, my side is I, I, the, the light. I follow the light. They follow, they all follow the darkness. Yeah, um, but that, yeah. So that's my, that, so I feel like 2021 is probably going to be a hold my beer, not be a hold my heroin needle. It's going to be fucking rugged. It's, yeah. You're going to see a lot of people, you're going to see the alcohol and drinking start taking over. They're going to start putting vodka in faucets and kitchens and bathrooms. That's how fucking bad it's going to get. If water right. was, if water was vodka. We're going into a water world situation, but it ain't going to be, uh, we're not going to have any water. The, the clean, you know, finding clean water and dry sand is going to be uh, the cat's meow. Yeah, meow. like my, my sister, my sister work, has been working third shift the last couple of nights, my father said. And I guess this morning she had gone to the market before she went home. And because of all the shit that's been going on, like the panic is starting again. So it's like stock up on your toilet paper now because you might not be able to find it in another couple of weeks. Um, maybe 
I don't know. The first the first run at the – I think we'll be all right with toilet paper because they can make money off it this time around. The first round, I don't think the corporations were They hip. weren't ready. <laughs> they, weren't to, they, they weren't quite hip to the situation yet, but now they're prepared. Um, they're not going to miss out on making money. No sorry, bub. No, and more and more on a daily basis, there's more and more states talking about, you know, unless you absolutely really need to go out of the house, just stay home. And people, for whatever reason, can't grasp that. Like, I hope we don't. Yeah. What's more important, your health or, you know, going to the bar and having that beer unmasked when you don't know who's around you and who they've been in contact with? What's more important? It's your husband's life or your case of Wonka balls. Right. Seriously. That's my that's one of my favorite Willy Wonka. If I was if I was still married, it would um, they could have my husband's. That's the greatest line. I'll keep the Wonka bars. <laughs> your husband's life. Or your case of Wonka balls. Gangster. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping that they don't shut things down again. That'll be bogus. Like, it's, it almost feels like we're starting to get our leverage back a little bit, our footing, um, to kind of start rebuilding where we need to be as a society. It, 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 what All I'm hearing is it feels like we're going back into fucking... I feel like I'm 16 years... Yeah, I feel like I'm 16 years old and have a curfew. Um you know, or grounded, <laughs> yeah. but because like, what is it? Sunday through Thursday, <laughs> we have to be home from 10 PM to 5 AM and Fridays and Saturdays, you have to be in by 10 30 until 5 AM. And you but, have to make sure you have to make sure you eat vegetables at least once a day. Restaurants and everything are allowed to stay open for takeout. Yeah. Takeout. Okay, we're supposed to be home at 10, 10.30, depending on if it's a weekend. But you're going to allow restaurants to stay open for takeout. Yeah. Do you think about these things before you say them? Or do you just go with it? Because you're just said, stay in. But restaurants can be open for takeout. Well, if you can't leave your house and they're not delivering, you got to kind of leave your house to go get it. No, because they're going to take you. That's the takeout tactic where they, they catch you on the road and they take you out. Yeah, they're going to arrest your ass real quick. That's and we they, know they weed out the people. We know cops love me and pulling me over. So, yeah, no, I'm not going to be that one. <laughs> Mad Mel had three police officers move into her neighborhood just to watch her. Just to watch my house, just to make sure I'm not, you know, doing anything I'm not supposed to be doing. And all the homeless police officers live on her block. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I really wouldn't. The ones with the canines with missing eyeballs. Oh, oh God. Or, you know, for all I know, the guy that lives down the street that's got the little dog that he drives around in, on, in a little basket on the back of his scooter with a helmet. Yeah. The dog. the dog has a helmet, too. He could be a cop for all I know. The Lally family lost their dog, Cosmo, recently. He only had one eye. He was a trooper. Great dog. Rest in peace. Rest in Aww, peace. Aw, puppy. I'm more saddened by animals passing away than people these days. So, well, man's best friend. You, you're, are you like cat? I'm not really a big cat person. I love cats. More, I, I don't cats. mind dogs, but it's just easier. Yeah. To have a cat as a pet than it is for a dog. Dogs need too much time, and I don't want to. I don't have that time to give to a dog, so that's not fair to them. Like, where my cats don't give a shit. You know, they only want to cuddle and they want to cuddle. They only want to, you know, interact when they want to. Yeah, I, see, that's what I don't like about cats. I mean, I mean, with the exception of mine, you know, you, mine are cuddle bugs, so. My cat steals from my wallet when I'm not looking. <laughs> the, um, you know, what can we do? It's a beautiful thing, though. Everybody which, loves cats. which cat the human cat or the the furry four-legged one <laughs> human cat would never steal no i know she knows better than that <laughs> she learned the last time she tried to steal from my wallet she's gonna find moths right now <laughs> i think even they might have moved out by now yeah well it you know penny wise oh, behind you so Stay funny early. oh i know i'm gonna i want to eventually turn that wall i'm gonna hang up all my autographed pictures once I get something to hang them up in, I just haven't decided how I'm going to perfect that one yet. Get some nice Mad Mel merchandise. I support that. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm contemplating it. I might as well, you know, do something with it. I have plenty of time right now to do something with it. It's just, 
I don't feel like, I don't know, I'm thinking like kind of like Billy's set up with the just putting all the pictures in like the sleeves and sticking yeah, them right to the wall. You got some of the, you, you got, do you have some of those from Rock and Shock? I have a, I have a few sleeves, but I have more pictures than I have sleeves yeah. <laughs> right now. So, because a lot of the pictures I had framed, I took them out of the frames because the frames broke or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking some look back, a trip down memory lane of horror film, right, Mad Mel? Right. All right. Are you about to get hell- hellaciously mad and scared? With this? I don't know about mad, and I don't, and I definitely doubt scared. Where does the Mad Mel name come from? You had that before I met you. I always assumed back in the biker days, you would get <laughs> mad and cut people's throats with broken beer bottles. Is that true or false? That's definitely false. I'm oh, a slow. Damn. I'm like a lot of horror movies these days. I'm a slow burn. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate that. Um, oh, they actually, I think Joe, I think Pharaoh gave me the name when we were at WBOB. Um, he had suggested I not use my real name on the air so as to avoid having uh, stalker issues. Well, like your full name or. My, yeah, uh, using my full name, he suggested I not do it, and well, of course gave me that. He gave me that name because he thought it would be funny seeing I'm one of like the most laid back people you could meet. It's true. I think it's funny that he thought you weren't you weren't actually going to call go as it wasn't going to be shock treatment with Melissa Potter and Maddie. Was that a, was that ever a, ever a going name? No, I, I mean technically. Because he wanted, like, because of how they, like, post the information on no, I know. I'm the joking. website and stuff. But it was just, like, I never thought about that. And I was, like, who the hell is going to stalk me other than, you know. Everybody. Yeah, doubtful. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a new sh- new store at the end of my street called Stalkers Are Us. I think every city has one of those. Uh, every every street, ha- every town has an Elm Street, and every every stalker city has Alex Hawk in it. <laughs> All right, who's Alex Hawk? Have you ever heard Frank of that guy? Diva. I remember that guy. Once upon a time, we used to be <laughs> friends until he made it big and started making all these movies. Um, poor guy. I bet he's still. I, I bet he's hurting on the inside, though. If he left his friends behind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. So. Um, we're going to discuss decades of uh, de- demolition here, all right? Decades of uh, horror, you know what I mean? So we're going to jump. We're going to do some anniversaries this time. This time of year, we're going to do some anniversaries. So <clears throat> as I clear my throat, we're going to... Some start- anniversaries. Some anniversaries may have already passed. Some might be coming up. But either way, we're all, they're all having 20th anniversaries this year well, within the year we're gonna do a little thing of a jingum we're gonna do called we're gonna do in 10 year increments where we're gonna run through the a list of films that we're gonna start with 2010 folks all right and we're gonna see what movies came out on that year and the horror ones and say wow because we were looking at these recently and we thought to ourselves it does not feel like it's been that long since that movies came out. You know what I mean? To skip ahead a little bit, I seen American Psycho was turning 20 years old this year, and that kind of blew my mind apart a little bit. You yeah, know because I mean? it doesn't, it, that definitely doesn't feel like it's been that long. Like, that's one of those movies that no matter how many times you watch it, whenever you watch it, it doesn't get old. Yeah, it's one of the, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's just a sign of getting old, I guess. You know, we were like teenagers, late teens, early twenties when that movie came out, and um, yeah, it's just a sign of getting old. But here we are. We're not old because we're wearing Ninja Turtle shirts and Cheez It shirts, and we're doing. <laughs> we're definitely not acting our age. <laughs> we're that's that wouldn't be fun. We're keeping the culture alive. So you know, with any further ado, we're going to attack and talk about some of the. Horror films released in 2010. Right off the bat, yo, yo, here we go. Um, the first movie that that I see that I, I watched is um, 2001 Maniacs, Fail the Screams. Not one I'm familiar with. Um, I'm familiar with the people in the cast, but yeah. I haven't seen it. 
I saw 2001 Maniacs with Robert England, where it's like the, um, they're having like that Southern This is the festival. But yeah, I haven't seen the sequel. So it shows how much it registered on my radar when that came out. This was the sequel. Um, you know, Tim Sullivan uh, was like in the, in that time. It was like kind of an indie um, indie horror dude in a way, doing doing his films. He also did a segment on like Chillerama. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't really. I've really seen much from Tim lately. But yeah, he's he's still out there doing his thing. I think um, it was a fun film. You know what I mean? It's it's. I think it's the third film in the franchise, if you will, because I believe it goes. 2000 Maniacs, Herschel Gordon Lewis film, and then the re, like a reboot, retelling, reimagining was uh, the was 2001 Maniacs, and then this is the sequel, um, Fill the Screams, you know, 2000 Maniacs, Fill the Screams, you know, but yeah, you know, Bill Mosley was in it, Lynn Shea, you know what I mean, a lot of cool folks, but uh, yeah, and Robert England was in the original, and I I thought he was in this one for some reason, but. Uh, I guess I was wrong, you know. What's uh? What do you got? You got a, you got one off the list. The next one that you've seen. Um, right now I don't even have that list for 2010 in front of me because oh, my first my system crashed. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna test that. Well, I'll rock. I'll, I'll I'll roll through a little bit. We got um, you know, the another reboot was done that year. Um, well, real quick before that, uh, the Black Swan's on the list, 2010. I don't Black really consider Swan, that a horror movie, though. Yeah, it's very, it's psychological, I consider psychological horror. It's in one of those weird, it's all in the head type of movies, you know what I mean? Which, yeah. It's fun. Uh, Aronofsky, you know, Darren Aronofsky, written and directed by a great filmmaker, got a lot of praise for this film. Uh, I think the film itself was a little overrated, but I do feel that he's a great filmmaker and has made some really good movies. So it was, it's one of those situations where like, you'll see, so at least he got some respect, but he might not have got respect for like maybe the project that he thought he should have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Black Spawn's one of those movies. You either love it or you hate it. There's nothing, there's no in between with that movie. And I like, I like Black Swan. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of an in between on it. Like I like it, but I don't think it's a masterpiece. So I guess I you you could catch me right right in the in between on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. You know, it's good, great, great filmmaker. I also enjoyed Mother, which not a not a lot of people liked. Mother kind of blew my mind a little bit. You ever see Mother? I did see it. That's the one with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, it was a weird movie. Yeah, that wasn't. It was weird, but it wasn't. It actually wasn't that bad. I mean, it was one of those ones I had to watch a couple of times. Just well, yeah. Well, mothers. And this is the deal with mothers. I went into like I took a very Mike Calvin uh, approach to films. Uh, the dude who shot DJ Stand the Man. He doesn't do any spoilers on films. He just sees them blind when he's really like something he's anticipating, and um, he. You know, so I did that and I watched Mother without really any interviews or anything like that. Just kind of seen the trailer and I watched it and it seemed like a really funky movie about relationships, like a fun movie, but like artistically weird and shit like that. Yeah. Um, about relationships. And then after when I went back and listened to like what listened, watched his interviews talking about, you know, the metaphors and stuff. He spoiler alert. Anybody out there hasn't seen it, turn it off for a second. But the whole vibe of it is it's, the, the Jennifer Lawrence's character is like Mother Earth type deal, and like humanity comes in and like destroys her, and it's all this weird like big story about how like humanity is destroying Mother Earth. It's like a, but it's like a mind fuck of a movie. That's what I really appreciate about the film. That's yeah, it. It, it's deeper. It for a horror movie, it's deeper than you know most people realize. Now turn your volumes back on the podcast, folks. Um, next up. Uh, the Crazies, the reboot of George A. Romero's The Crazies. Have you popped? Did you check that one out? I have seen that one several times, and it's not that bad of a film. I don't mind it. Um, I agree. I agree. I like. I actually think that's a pretty good reboot for the time. Yeah, uh, twenty ten was like a hit or miss with reboots because that's when um, Nightmare on Elm Street remake came out. The reboot came out too with um, James, whatever. We contemplated even doing 2010 because it was such kind of a bad year for horror, but there were certain ones in there we wanted to talk about, you know. Um, Hatchet 2. You know, that was a 2010 film. Um, I remember Hatchet 2. 
um, it was going to theaters uncut. That was a big deal for it. And even though it was in theaters, it got pulled after it was in theaters for being too gory. Um, I always thought that was a real cool, a punk rock move um, done. You know what I mean? Yeah, that had to be like a good feeling as much as it sucked for Adam. It sucks, but it's cool. Like in the in the, in the overall scheme of things, where it, if someone was to write the Adam Green book one day, that would be a cool thing. Where that's rock star, that's punk rock shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's cool. like, dude, my movie got pulled from theaters because it was too gory. What did yours do? You know, that's, it's kind of like with Rob. It was kind of like with Rob Zombie with House of a Thousand Corpses, how they couldn't release it, and he had to re-edit that movie like a dozen times before they could even get it to an R rating to be released because originally when that movie was set to be released, it was going to be released with an X rating. Yeah. That was, that was all, that's a badge of honor. You know what I mean? So that's a cool, yep. uh, I always, when I, when that happened, I thought that was a good move for him to do. That was I cool. dropped my phone. <laughs> I like that tactic. That was nice. Right. Yeah. Um, next back, <laughs> uh, I spit on your grave. Reboot. That's actually not a bad remake either. Yeah. I actually just recently rewatched that one again, and I really like that movie. Yeah, yeah, I um I, the, the original one I've seen very young, very young. There's a lot of movies I probably saw way too young, and I Spit on Your Grave is definitely one of them. That whenever I talk about any movie scene, I, I, even recently, like the last couple of days, I had a conversation with somebody about movies seen too young, and like that that always comes to mind in my con when I conversate about that subject because I remember seeing that one way too young. Um, yeah, because I, I had posted something on my other Facebook page the other day too, um, in regards to the same topic, you know, uh, talking about the ex- seeing The Exorcist way too young, and then you know. I, I think when I was young, I think Nightmare, not Nightmare on Elm Street, Night of the Living Dead was like one I saw too young and I spit on your grave definitely way too young. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm messed up or anything, but I do, I, I have to have my penis cut off to have an orgasm. <laughs> um, next up is James Wan's Insidious, which at the time was a poof, big blowout for horror uh you know you weren't getting gigantic big successful everybody loves horror movies at that time i feel and james wan super talented dude still rocking it today he he worked with our, our best friend james momoa or jason momoa james momoa i like that <laughs> i like the sign of no respect i'm gonna start calling him james momoa um <laughs> and uh but yeah <laughs> You know, he's got a lot of, he he did, of course, the Aquaman film, but James Wan has a lot of, like, darker, even not horror things in his past that are cool. You know, like, uh, Death Sentence is really cool. Um, you know what I mean? The, the Kind of the original guy that brought us Saw, if I remember correctly, the original director of Saw. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You know, Dead Silence, I thought was a fun movie. You know, there was kind of this, he, he ushered in this whole look of horror where like that that ghoulish deal that, that kind of took over horror for a while is all his creating. You know, I feel like we didn't see that type of horror up until he, he brought it to the game. That's just me thinking I could be wrong, but off the top of my head right now, that makes sense. And there wasn't, and at the time, there wasn't, like you said, there wasn't a lot of horror out there. So, you know, to reinvent it and get your perspective on it, makes it better to watch because it, it was a dying time for horror. Yeah. It, it, every movie couldn't be LA zombie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen, but it's a, it's a 2010 gay pornographic zombie horror film written and directed by Bruce LeBruce. So everybody go check that shit out. So big support for that. Um, the last exorcism, which I believe Eli Roth presented. Yeah, he's got a lot of movies that his name's on that he didn't actually do, but presented. So Eli, I, I'd love to see Eli Roth's name on uh, one of my films. So Eli, if you're listening, hit me up. Eli but, Roth presents DJ Stan the Man. That uh, would have to go into a time machine, but I would do, <laughs> I would go into a time machine for that uh, for that exposure for sure. Or, or Eli Roth presents The Wicked Hollows. I like the sound of that a lot better. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hit me up, Eli. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, Eli. Uh, <laughs> they got Let Me In on here, which, you know, if I remember correctly from Let Me In, the original is great. Let the right, let the right one in. Uh, yeah. 
think it's a French horror vampire film. Um, and then they remade it with Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, but that the for dude, the original is really good. Um, great tension, great can't like. There's some really cool imagery in that. There's this beautifully, you know, the way that you look at an Argento film and you say, "Wow, that shot was really fucking stunning." Like I say, Argento movies nowadays, or you kind of wait the whole movie to see those certain shots. I feel like in the same sense, um, for a new age aspect of that is uh, let the right one in. There's a shot with a uh, in a pool where. You know, there's a big, big, like, fucking slaughtering type shit happens. And the head goes into the pool. And the way the camera's set up, it's just very, like, it's modern horror. But that that scene will forever be in horror history like an Argento scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the original, fantastic. Um, remake, I, I was kind of a little disappointed with because it was kind of like shot for shot, if I remember correctly. And I do appreciate that when it's the same director doing it, but when it's two different directors doing shot for shot is very sloppy and yeah, it just it's just like you it's just like a kid copying off your test at school. I don't dig it. Gus Van Sant did it for Psycho, and I thought that was like a cheap way of fucking working. I thought you know I thought that was a cheap payday. Like I thought that was kind of lame. Um, but what could you do? You know what I mean? It was kind of, it was the same. I think it was kind of the same thing too when um, they redid Amityville Horror. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did what? Uh, I, I enjoyed the remake of Amityville Horror. I'm not going to lie. It was Ryan Reynolds before he went. Yeah. Before he went, before he went popular and yeah. went Deadpool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amityville Horror, that franchise is destroyed by the fact that anybody is fucking. Seems like they can make them now. They just tag that name onto it. The Amityville Horror Diarrhea Show. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there were a lot of absolutely atrocious movies in that series that took away from... Even, yeah, even the ones that were like actually connected to the franchise. Some of them were garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can only imagine what the ones that are made outside of it are. They just exploit the old name, darling. They exploit the name. Yep, just make that money. What a fine. All right. So next up, you know, we got a little film called My Soul to Take by the late, great Wes Craven. Rest in peace. Did you ever check out My Soul to Take? We actually, me and Justin just watched this the other night and I actually liked it. I enjoyed it too. It was such a weird, weird, like, it was a weird flip because it's Wes Craven doing another almost Freddy Krueger-like dude, but not. I thought that was a fun take on it. I actually want to go buy this movie to have in my collection i've i rented it i think when it came out but i never owned it and i actually want to go buy it and watch it again now just thinking about it it Um, was really good and like there was a lot of things that they did in that movie that threw me back to like when scream came out well so yeah because wes craven did because yeah because he did that too so like there's there was like a lot of like easter eggs and little shout outs to his other films in that movie too was it on Amazon or anything? Was it on digital? I think it. I think we watched it on Amazon. If we didn't watch it on Amazon, it was on Shutter, but it was on one of those streaming sites. I might watch that tonight because I'm feel, I'm craving. I'm craving some craving. Yeah, it was either Netflix or Amazon, one of the two. That but was it's on there. The same year, they also rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street, which, which is absolutely garbage. We've talked on endless. I I enjoy aspects of it, but I'm just happy that that was a big fucking payday for Wes Craven that year. I'm happy for him for that. He got to make his own film as well as to catch a fucking huge check for A Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Hell yeah, boss. Right. Again, when horror movies were at a at a lack that year. Yeah. Well, you got movies like Paranormal Activity 2 and Tokyo Night, both paranormal films coming out that year. I hadn't I, I've never heard of Tokyo Night. Um, is it the Tokyo Drift of the Paranormal Activity films? I don't know, maybe because I've never heard of it either. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if that was even if it was just made for another country and we never seen it. That's possible too. That's possible too because a lot of the movies that we haven't heard of usually are because they're foreign. Yeah. Well, in, at least in my case. Hey, it's all foreign to me. Piranha 3D, Alexandra Aja. You know that's that's a guilty pleasure horror because it's it so bad it's good. 
it's fun. And he's a good director too. I appreciate it. He was kind of, when he did that movie, he was stepping into a more comedic tone horror where he did some more serious stuff before that high tech. Yeah. Because I definitely did my share of laughing watching that movie, especially like when like uh, Jerry O'Connell's character fell off the boat and well, like yeah. the, pir- the piranhas like ate everything from the waist down. It's the first time I like Jerry O'Connell since Stand By Me. <laughs> right? I think that was the first time I'd seen him in anything since Stand By Me that was worth no- you know, worth noting, other than, what was it? Well, he was in one of the Scream movies, but, like... Yeah. Lo- not I that lo- memorable of a character. Uh, boy, Eli Roth was in this as well, which is good. A uh, lo- local guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh we got a master of puppets access of evil. That one was, no, that wasn't, that was the one before the good one. I think David, Deco directed it, which was nice. He's a nice, uh, full moon kind of regular. He does a lot of lifetime movies now. So big props to him. Cause, uh, he's continuing to work and do it big. So much respect to fucking Dave. Lifetime movies are going to become big again because of everybody's being stuck home. Well, Lifetime movies, yeah. I mean, my girlfriend loves fucking Lifetime movies. She'll watch them 24 hours a day if she could, I think. She watches more Lifetime movies than Boombastic films, and that's all I'll say about that, or I'll get emotional. I'll get emotional! <laughs> um, next up is, you know, Resident Evil Afterlife. i never seen that. Was that the desert one? Um, I believe so. I, I have seen that one. I think, yeah, that is the desert one. Um... That's not bad. I actually, I don't mind the Resident Evil franchise. It's, and it's one of those movies too that, you know, if you don't watch even like the cartoon versions that they released, because they all follow, they all follow suit with the video games, but it's, you know how the video game is like, it's supposed to be different perspectives from different people on the same day. Yeah. It's the same thing with the movies, which is why a lot of people don't watch it. And then if you don't like, watch the cartoon versions that they released in between you kind of get thrown off why and you know it makes the movies not seem like they make sense when they really do yeah it's truth we got a uh, saw 3d that's not uh, bad that was fun i like three i'm a sucker for 3d films i'm not gonna lie me too i just wish with the horror movies that i think i i would like to see uh a little more with the 3d no, you know, yeah. somebody actually get you know chopped up for real. 3D, like the the, the whole gimmick of 3D is kind of dead right now, unfortunately. Because <laughs> they used it all up with the Marvel movies. Yeah, not you know, yeah, not, not even because of the. I mean, even for TVs, what getting 3D on TV is is a difficult thing. The uh, Serbian film 2000. Oh God. You know, as we said before, this is a beautifully made film. That's why it's so effective because it's actually high production with super dark themes. You know what I mean? Beyond super dark. Like, that's straight up, that movie is straight up disturbing to me. (laughs) We we talk more about this in our blind, uh, even the blind can see it episode with Joe Netter and Sarah French. Yep. We've talked about this movie a lot because... At one point, this movie caused a lot of chaos. This is the most. <laughs> I think we we talked about it because this is a Serbian film. Might be the most disturbing film of like our time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like how like every, each, it's like each generation has their movie that was their disturbing film, and the Serbian film is definitely that for our. Like it's our, it's almost our cannibal holocaust in a way, so to speak. Yeah. Um. What do we got here? Uh, Thanksgiving. Somebody brought this up to me recently. I've never seen it. Have you ever seen Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's on Tubi. Is that a trauma release? I, it looks I, like something. Yeah, it's, it's a, I believe it's a trauma release. Um, that one is not trauma. It's full moon, but it's one of the two. Uh, it looks more trauma-ish. I mean, that escaped me for some reason. I and I bought everything. That must have been a little later in the game they released that. I want to say it was like late. Yeah, it was like it was 2010, right? Uh, but like yeah, 2010, all these are 2000. I, I think it came out. For, I think they released it for Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong, sure. but it's it's definitely <laughs> worth the watch for the laugh factor. If I could find it for free, I'd watch that. This thing. I think, like I said, I think it's on Tubi. If it's not on, if if the original isn't. The sequel is because there's a sequel to it. <laughs> Everybody out there, rest assured, if it can be found on YouTube for free on Thanksgiving Day, Mad Mel herself 
I'll find it. We'll post it on the Facebook page for a gift. Yep. Yeah, because that's how I pirate movies. You see how I throw <laughs> on the bus? I don't pirate movies. She didn't get it. Yeah, her- I, I pirate movies that are on public domain. I'm gonna. We're gonna change her name to Mad Mel the Pirate. Uh, <laughs> talk treatment with Mad Mel the Pirate, Maddie. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next next up is a film that everybody loves that I think is very overrated and that 2010 film is Tucker and Dale vs. Evil I still have not watched that movie everybody's like it's so great it's so funny and I'm like I so don't want to see it I have no interest in it it's alright it's worth a watch once it's alright but it's by no means fucking what people make it out to be you know what I mean by no means by no means ma'am madame um, going next up after that, we have uh, a film that I was very excited to watch, and I didn't hate. Um, this is John Carpenter's The Ward, the big return of JC. And I'm not talking Jesus Christ, but some would argue. You know what I mean? I actually really liked The Ward. Um, that I, was a great yeah. movie, the way they did it. Um, because being on a psych ward isn't bad enough. Let's, you know be scared the entire time we're there. I, I want to say that this was around the same time Shutter Island came out, and I took it as like a Shutter Island ripoff. Vibe-wise. That's what my memory of it is now. And yeah. I believe I own it. I should probably rewatch it if you're not agreeing, because maybe I'm off topic. Maybe I'm out of pocket on that shit, yo. Well, it's uh, been a while since I've watched it, so, you know, I have no I problem remember, having rewatching movies. For some reason, I remember it having a weird uh, Shutter Island vibe to it. But I was very happy to see, you know, I'm always happy to see Carpenter Carpenter back. Netflix, yeah. You know, um, next up is, uh, I guess, the Wolfman, you know, Del Toro's Wolfman, you know? Yeah, I, I really wasn't a fan of that. I mean, it. I don't know. It was like watching the right. I got bored. Yeah, no, I I, en- I enjoyed it for what it was, you know what I mean. Um, Rick Baker, I, I I liked it for more reasons than the film. I liked it because I liked Del Toro, and at that time, Del Toro was killing it in my eyes. So watch. Yeah, the- I'm, but I'm always I'm always that person. Like everything people love, I hate, and when people hate something, I love it. I just yeah. like to be, you know. <laughs> I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy the Wolfman story. And another big thing for it was Rick Baker did the fucking makeup for it, which I thought was really cool. Cause I know that forever he, that was like something he's wanted to do forever. The Wolfman. And he's like, he's a master of his craft. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like seeing a big director. You like approach something you like, you really like you like a, a, a subject matter. You really like is the same deal with seeing a big, you know, special effects artist you like attack a monster or creature that you you you'd love to see them do. So, I liked it for that reason, and uh, it was a fun movie. It was weird. Um, I remember there was parts of it that I didn't like, and I remember there was parts of it that were la- like kind of I don't want to say laughable, but I want to say there was some parts that were kind of you know lacking. Um, but I'd have to rewatch. But I remember, I remember for the most part not hating it. You know what I mean? But I, like I said, I was. I, I well, think, I didn't hate it. Just not. It's not one I'm particularly like fond of. Fond of. No, I hear you. And I, I, had I, some, I got a thing like, and it was kind of like a slow burn. And I'm, I, I have a thing with slow burn. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's, yeah, but I have like special reasons for liking it. I feel in a way too. You know what I mean? Like I don't think uh, if I if I wasn't inv- if I didn't really care about. If I didn't care about the, you know, the, the, the certain elements of the making of it, I don't think I would have, I'd, I'd care as much about the film. But those films right there all celebrated their 10-year anniversary this year. Ain't that something? Happy birthday to those movies. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, we're going to pop into the, 2000, uh, the 2000s real quick. The, the films that are celebrating their 20th birthdays this year, folks. And it's actually a, a bunch of, like, I've seen every single movie on this list. Yeah. And I'm quite fond of the majority of them. Yeah, this is more, the further you go back, I feel like the most we'll see, because it was like the more movies you're either intaking at the time, or they trust them to be better, so you watch them. 
but first up on the palette is a movie like I, I stated before really kind of blew my mind a little bit at first when I heard it was turning 20 years old. That is Mary Harron's American Psycho starring your boy. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, he did. Boy. He was awesome as Patrick uh, Bateman. I almost feel like that's the one that put him on the map a little bit. You know what I mean? Yep, because that was after that that you kind of started seeing him in everything. Even in, I mean, you can, yeah, of course, you know, of course, Batman took him to a different level too, but I, I feel like th- this was a big film for him as well. Um, next up, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Did you see that? I did, and I actually liked that better than the, the Blair Witch Project, which, you know, most people would be like, you're insane, but... It was, I like the fact that, you know, they got more into the witchcraft aspect instead of just, you know, running through the woods looking for a witch. I, I would never call you crazy or insane, but, uh, uh yeah, but we all know I am. <laughs> you're mad. You're, I'd call you mad. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I'd say it's better than the first one, but I do appreciate and enjoy it. It's a little more campier. There's really no, there's a few creep out moments in, I mean, the first one definitely has more creep out moments and shit. And if you can catch, if I you can catch. I saw Blair Witch in theaters when that came out because it came out on my birthday. So that was like, my sister t- took me to see it. And I was like laughing the entire time. People around me are screaming and I'm laughing in that movie. Yep. Good thing you said that because you would have been able to kill my point. I was just going to say that um, if you could see the movie without hype, see it. Because that movie without hype is actually a pretty good horror movie. But with the hype, it kills it. Like, that's one of those movies you either you either see it before anybody ta- tells you about it or you wait years after it comes out to see it. Yeah, because I think we went a couple of weeks after... I think it was a couple of weeks after the opening weekend for it. Yeah, but- hype, hype, the, the hype... People saying that was the scariest movie in the world was a complete killer uh, of hype because they're expecting... Because then you go and see it and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're yeah, all you're... hyping this up. This is the scariest movie. What the fuck was scary about it? Yeah, you're expect- when, you, when people see that, they're expecting jump scares and in-your-face shit, but it's really like just a creepy slow burn of a movie. It's more real life where like you see you, you, it's a creepy vibe and every now and then you see something. It's more realistic and that's why it's scary. It's not scary because people that go in there and go think they're going to see like a Freddy Krueger fucking like a fucking tree that's Freddy Krueger or like, you know what I mean? Jason killing people or something are going to be like very let down. But if yeah. you see they, the Blair Witch would play more better now. Um, almost where we have these more artistic horror films like Hereditary and Midsommar, Midsommar. you know what I mean? Uh, Get Out and shit like that. You know what I mean? I think we're psychological stuff. So like, I think it would play better now, but it's still, it's ahead of its time. And it created that entire, like, it was set that whole trend. I can't say it created it really because cannibal Holocaust kind of did that. And maybe some before, but, um, but the Blair Witch definitely rebooted that and i I, you know yeah it's safe to say that the blair witch made blair witch made found footage a big deal where cannibal holocaust it didn't like it was a it it made the cannibal holocaust a big deal and it's a great film and i think another thing that killed it for me too was when like shortly after they all admitted that you know not a thing about that movie was real and it was all bullshit so what cannibal holocaust no, Blair Witch. Because uh, they had, on Cannibal Holocaust, they had to, he was going to jail. Like, that dude had to go, it's the same thing with the Serbian film, I believe, where they both had to actually go to court to, like, to prove that the movie was fake and not real. Or, like, prove that no, and, and, and nobody Serbian was harmed film. in any way. Yeah, Serbian, Serbian film, probably to prove that no kids were on set or fucking emotionally or mentally damaged by the process of making that film. Yeah, no, seriously, though, because, like, <laughs> I can see why that movie would, you know, traumatize a child. For sure, dude. For sure, absolutely. Uh, it traumatized me as an adult. For real. <laughs> and the, 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 how many years I would spend in prison if someone did any of that stuff to any child in my life. That baby was traumatized. Oh, my God. That that even more so was traumatizing. That baby was a, a young David Maggot. Like, I want to buy that movie 
even if it never ever comes out of the plastic, I'm gonna buy that movie, and I'm just gonna oh, ignore don't that comment. I don't own it. Yeah, it's a good flick. Um, there's a couple cool editions of it out, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those. It, it is one of the. It is one of the. If, if it's time. And I and I and that's not and to go back to the whole thing on Cannibal Holocaust because I love Cannibal Holocaust and it did spawn found footage films during its time, but I don't think you can argue the impact that the kind of Blair Witch did was with found footage film where I think the well I mean the argument is this there was you know there was a gap a t- period of time between. Cannibal Holocaust and Blair Witch, and there was also a period of time between, you know, the Blair Witch and, you know, Paranormal Activity, where you could almost say that the third, like, Paranormal Activity was the third step to that, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I could be leaving one out, but I would have to dive deeper to get into it, but we can't dive deeper because we got another movie to roll into here real quick. We got... Um, Bless the Child, which we won't talk too much about. If anybody wants to hear us talk about that, listen to our Easter episode. Uh, of, That's what we're Kim Kim Basin uh, did. Kim Basinger, yeah, with the, with um, Christina Ricci with that that scene that blew my mind as a child. Yeah. Well, how's that for a teaser? Go listen to that episode, folks. Seriously. Um, Cherry Falls with the late great. You know what I mean? Brittany, Brittany Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Brittany Murphy was something else in her time. She was so crazy. She was uh, very, very sexy, very sexy. She was, and it, it's. A, it, I would love to have seen where her career would have taken her had, you know, if she had still, if she was still alive. Brittany if she Murphy, hadn't died. Brittany Murphy made. Uh, she she might have made crazy sexier than anybody else has ever made crazy. Yeah, because she was good at playing crazy. I wonder if home, her home life was awful to be around her. Who knows? It was, well, the boyfriend killed her, I think. So we're not going to get too deep into that. That's all speculation. That's, lawyers, a, that's a whole different show. <laughs> our lawyers, our, our shock treatment lawyers have informed us not to speculate so much, or at least me. They said, don't speculate so much on things. And if you do, uh, throw in a speculation at the end of that. So I said, okay, we'll do. <laughs> um uh, Lloyd Kaufman masterpiece, modern masterpiece, The Toxic Avenger, Citizen Toxic, Toxic Avenger Four, came out in uh, 2010. I love that film. Great times. You know, the trauma has different eras of their their career where they've been top notch. Uh, yeah, and I think that that is definitely a great era. That was a great era to be a fan. That was the time when I was really wanting to be a filmmaker, coming of age, was wanting to be a filmmaker and all that. Because I liked their films before I started even wanting to make films. Um, and then I came to, they really helped me kind of, kind of figure out the fact that, you know, you don't need a million dollars to, to make something entertaining. Yeah. So you can still do it on a minimal budget. That's Lloyd's contribution to film is that, and that they, when you really think of that, the, the idea, you look at Peter Jackson's, you know, trauma fan, Tarantino's a trauma fan. You know what I mean? I think they yeah. really... Like I said with Lloyd, when he unfortunately he gets love now, but when he passes, people really look back and go, "Wow, you know, he kind of did do a lot." And people will talk shit when they certain people will have issues with him. I mean, people are going to talk shit regardless. So deal. You got to. I feel like uh, the whole issue thing. I'll just sum up with this. I feel Lloyd wears everything on the sleeve, so you know exactly what you're getting into when you're going with Lloyd. And Lloyd's, yeah, I love Lloyd. So. That's all I'll say about that. For anybody that has any issue with them, that's my take. But yeah, Lloyd's the shit, and he, he does a lot for for fucking no budget, not low budget, no budget filmmakers. People that are just trying, that tr- people that just have the spark of, you know what? I want to make a movie. Like Lloyd's, I don't think anybody's ever helped that level of filmmaker more than Lloyd. But next up, we're gonna have to go into a film called. Are you ready for this? Now the year two thousand. What 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 film do you think has two thousand in the title that I would bring up? That has it in the title. Two thousand yeah. maniacs. <laughs> two thousand one maniacs. Dracula two thousand. Dracula two thousand. Which I remember not being that bad. I saw that in the theater. Actually, I saw that in the theater a couple of times, and then I think I own it on VHS. I, I want to say that there's a moment in that which I can't even remember the moment, but there was a moment that I really fucking liked a lot. A moment. I, 
I have a cat Let's... trying to make its his podcast premiere. Uh, sure. Tell him welcome to the party. <laughs> um, in 2000, a film called Final Destination hit the scene. All right. That was that's a favorite. I love all the movies in that series for whatever for one reason or another. Um, Final Destination has a special place in my heart because um, you know Tony Todd was in it, so that was a like seeing that in it made me pop as a fan. Seeing Candyman in it, um, it is one of the first I know. It was, I, the first time I ever went to the store to buy a DVD, I bought Final Destination Seven. Those are the first two DVDs I ever bought. Um, and it was right when that movie came out. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that movie for a lot of reasons. I like the whole concept of it's really creepy and cool. As far as, like, Hollywood mainstream horror goes, I always enjoyed the Final Destination films. Yeah, because, like, even now, to this day, I'm still traumatized to get behind a truck with trees on it. Hell, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful with trees. Yep. You got too much trees on you when you're driving, they'll still arrest you, even though it's legal. Seriously. Um, ginger straps. Or ginger ginger straps. straps? You mean ginger, ginger snaps? Was, well, that was the porno version. <laughs> um, ginger straps, I've never seen. I like it. Yeah. I, it's a Catherine Isabel. Um, it's it's a nice take. Uh, it's like it's a couple of sisters. Uh, one's bitten by a werewolf. And the transformation that she goes through as she's becoming one. <laughs> Been there, done that. Am I right? Yeah. Because, you know, being a teenager isn't bad enough. Let's add the fact that I'm a werewolf now into it. Well, life ain't always dandy. We know this. It can't always be candy. So I will do Hellraiser Inferno next, which if I remember anything from the Hellraiser Inferno film, I believe it starred uh, Craig Sheffer, who's known from like uh, Nightbreed, the Clive Barker film. Um, Doug Bradley, of course, is Pinhead. There, there should really be no other Pinhead. That should go without saying. So at least this film has that going for it. Well, it, went, it had all that going for it until they made the Walmart remake. Yeah, this one was real weird where Sheffer is like a detective um, and this had like a real SM type feel. They like all kind of do, but this one had a really weird, very Hellraiser-y. Like it was, uh, it was like Hellraiser meets video, video drum almost. Yeah, it does have that kind of vibe. You're dead on with that, actually. You know, Craig Sheffer is weird. I always think he's David Boreanis from fucking Bones. Angel. Angel. And Bones. I always think they got that same look. Like they're the fucking, like, is it like. Sheffers' his older brother or something. That's a movie. Well, that back in that back in that time, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> but are uh, you a fan? I, it was all right. I mean, I don't hate it. It was definitely worth. I actually, I actually don't remember if I've seen that one or not because it's not one of the ones I normally watch. Because they, as great as those movies can be, a lot of them were just pure trash. I believe it was after it, it goes, Hell on Earth, Bloodline, and then maybe. This one, Inferno, or Hellseeker might have been before. It either goes this one, then Hellseeker, or Hellseeker, Inferno. I, think yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think I've seen this one. I think it goes this one, and then it goes Hellseeker, which has um, Ashley Lawrence in it, which was it was cool for, like, like all, I remember all the, all the, even the franchise that, that kind of got bad with Hellraiser before they kind of went in a different direction. Even though they all had redeeming qualities to them they each did you know what i mean so they're not like completely terrible like i haven't done a hellraiser franchise marathon in a while i used to do them frequently i haven't done them in a while i I should do another one and then we'll do our hellraiser episode i'm down with that i want everybody to gather so when we do these and we do these what we should do is do these big episodes and have multiple people on them but like watch them right before we do it type shit um, next up is Hollow Man. You know what I mean? Yep. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven directed it of RoboCop fame and uh, many other things. Um, I enjoyed this film. You know, it's more sci-fi, I feel, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, I haven't seen it since, since it came out. It's not one I've revisited in a while, so I haven't. Uh, it was, yeah, like The Invisible Man, good concept. My buddy Billy McAdams Jr. worked on that. You know, did a great job. He did some double work for Kevin Bacon. Wore some of that suit. 
you see that suit? Yeah, uh, that's my dude. You can't complain about it. I mean, it's not a bad film. It's just not one that is like I'm gonna say, "Oh, let's watch Hollow Man." Yeah, not much. Hollow Man. It's what it's like. I said, it's more sci-fi. I enjoy it. If you're looking, no, it's a good flick. Yeah. Hey, next up, next up, Killjoy. Which I I, I, I want to stop here. I, I stopped at this one because we talked a little bit about it in the Halloween episode. Of people when didn't you say you didn't like this franchise at all? I I have the Killjoy movies. I I didn't like the subspecies movies that that franchise that much. Yeah, subspecies sucks. Sorry, Bill Coyne. Subspecies <laughs> is like the worst fucking franchise there ever was. But kill, I love the Killjoy from the one the ones I've seen. Honestly, I'll say I've uh, yeah. Been- I have I have, I own a few of them. Um. The best part about it is, is that I think I bought all the ones I do have at like Cumbies. Yeah, I believe. Going that. in at midnight with the munchies. I believe. That. Oh, look, movies! Now I'm stoned. I have munchies and a new movie to watch. And that is that's the synopsis. That was the original synopsis to our next film, Leprechaun in the Hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Which I enjoy. Leprechaun in the Hood is one of those movies where you pack a bowl full of some four-leaf clovers and you fucking smoke them down and you go, woo! It's time to watch some Leprechaun in the Hood and Bag in the Hood. With ice yeah, that, that, that was definitely comical to watch. <laughs> if you're a franchise and you just want to tell the world you don't give a fuck, uh, Leprechaun in the Leprechaun franchise was the first people to ever do fucks not given. Zero fucks yep. given when they made Seriously. Bag in the Hood. Leprechaun in the Hood. When they did Back in the Hood, it was like, I don't even know what's less than zero fucks given. But uh, this is, we're gonna, we have to keep this character relevant. So, what kind of movie can we put out that won't take that long, won't need that great of a budget, and whoever's in it isn't just isn't going to give a shit that they were in it just because they want to be in a horror movie. That's the movie. If they'd come, to, if they had approached me and been like, "Hey, you want to be in Leprechaun Back to the Hood?" I would have been like, "Yup," just because. Yeah, Leprechaun. Uh, oh, I'd be in any. If I was offered a role in any Leprechaun movie, anybody out there listening, me and Mel want to do cameos as shock treatment in movies. Maddie wants to be a Leprechaun, though. I want to be a Leprechaun. I, I just want my <laughs> head sticking out of the ground as a Leprechaun. Oh, my God. That would be hysterical, you running around with a Leprechaun body. Well, I couldn't run. I could. That'd be CGI. That'd have to CGI in my face. For sure, because you're like 6'5. Or, or, <laughs> or, make, or make other people bigger to pull it off. Um, next next up, we have Pitch Black, the Vin Diesel vehicle. More sci-fi channel. More sci-fi. Yeah, I like that. That had a great cast. Rada, Rada Mitchell was in that. Um, Jason Statham. You know, a lot of big names for what it was. And, you know, it spawned a couple of other movies. So, you know, it's not that bad. Is that J-Dub over there? Yeah. What up? Hitting up some Clovis. Hell yeah. Um... Oh, scary movie came out this year, two thousand. That yep, July on a gigantic franchise. Yep, July seventh. I love scary. I love scary movie. I love scary movie two, and then the rest <laughs> of them are garbage. Yeah. Um, the Wayans brothers are fantastic at making movies that make fun of other genres and of movies it so all, it all goes back to the live in living color days you know what i mean yeah though you can't go wrong with the wayans family yeah. any project that they have their name tied to is usually a pretty good project and i agree i agree with you 100 percent. after part two they went downhill but i think it's like the third or the fourth one and has the darkest gag of all time in it that i love which is when i think it's charlie sheen shows up at a show his wife gets hit by a car or something and like she's yeah She's pinned up against a tree and like he has to, he has to like, he does the last, the, you know, <laughs> like, like last words with her. They pull the thing back and she dies. Yeah. When Sheen's walking away from the scene of the crime, the dude, the fucking, the dude that hit her is standing there like drunk, like, Hey man, can you give me a ride home? And it's like, I do. I laugh for hours at that moment. It's so fucking dark. That it's so dark that it's funny. Yeah. I think that was, I think that was, I want to say that was the fourth one. I yeah, the, all the all, everything after I mean everything after the second one was pretty much really bad, but that gag and that fourth one was top notch. That was a top notch fucking gag. Like that got me. It was so dark, 
and so funny and like Michael Jackson shit had me laughing in those in that one too. I think because I think that was the same one. I, I actually think that was a scene with Charlie Sheen with Michael the Michael Jackson look alike in that. I feel like it, it's almost they're almost worth a rewatch to go back and watch those older ones. I think. Oh maybe, God, Harry! I would. I have. I have all of them. So, and I think <laughs> I have all the unrated versions of them. So there's extra fo- add the added footage in them. I could have possibly been too hard on them when I watched them because they they kind of developed into something that was just like. When the Wayans brothers got out of it, I kind of lost respect for them. So, like, I didn't really look at them in a good light. So, like, maybe they they could be fun, but um, the, the the better ones are definitely the first two. And that guy, yeah, because because like, after that, they they you know they start making fun of horror movies that kind of suck. Yeah. Well, ten years, uh, ten years before. The Wes Craven was doing um, the, the the other what was it I, the sleep one? Well, I, I I fucking forgot it already. I'm losing my mind. The one I was gonna go watch tonight. Oh, uh, the take on the take, the nursery rhyme, I believe. Yeah. The, um, but oh anyway, my, my soul to take. I saw the take. The um, or the prayer. Um, Scream three was out that in two thousand. Yep, February 4th. I remember seeing that in the theater. Now, Scream 3, I remember people enjoying. Like, I think that was one they liked. Mm, I liked it, but it's not. I I wouldn't. It it, it wasn't. I think Jenny McCarthy was in that one. And. uh, What's his name there? McDreamy from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Um, uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, fuck. I can't. I can't Le- remember his name right now. Not Patrick Le- Dempsey. Dempsey. There you go. You got it. He's all Dempsey yeah. in a movie called. Um, what were you gonna say? I was letting you. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Dempsey's in. He, Dempsey's in a movie called Lover Boy. That's Lover Boy is the best thing Dempsey's ever given to the world. Maybe, oh, you don't like can't buy. You don't like can't buy me love back in the eighties. Maybe Meatballs Three. Um, can't buy me love. That's is like one of my favorite Dempsey. That's one of my favorite Dempsey movies. I put that up. in maybe a, the number three slot, but you can't. I think Lover Boy is my favorite Dempsey movie ever. Meatballs three is probably number two, and then yeah, maybe Can't Buy Me Love or something like that. I'd have to go hey, look recently at too. I like him in uh, Made of Honor. I don't watch Made of Honor movies. That was cute. I mean. Did I have my days where I don't watch just horror movies. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on the flip side of things on that. Yep. You know, Shadow of the Vampire. Unfortunately, I've never seen with Malkovich, but I heard good things. You ever see that movie? The no, I haven't. Uh, Carrie L's. The uh, Cell came out. The Cell um, was um, what, uh, Jennifer Lopez. The Jennifer Lopez version came out in August 18th of 2000. So that's celebrating its anniversary too. That's that's actually a super creepy with the foe, uh, not the foe, fucking D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. That's actually like some of D'Onofrio's be- best work after Full Metal Jacket. I'm not a D'Onofrio fan, but I'd have to put the cell as his number two that I like. You go Full Metal Jacket, then the cell. Yeah, he had, he's he does really well at um, playing creepy characters. He played I Wonder Why. Huh? The the non the non comic, um, the comic side. He played a good kingpin. Justin said in um, Daredevil. Yeah, I heard there was a romance between Vincent D'Onofrio and Alexander Hawk behind the scenes <laughs> uh, while, he, while he was shooting the judge. Well, Vincent D'Onofrio speculation, purely speculation. I heard when Vincent D'Onofrio was. Shooting the judge in Massachusetts, him and Alexander Hawk had a romance. I heard that from an inside source named Alexander Hawk. But <laughs> if I don't know if that's true or not, but well, we just said it on our show. So if we said it on our show, it must be true. He he, he was he was a generous lover. Alexander Hawk said. <laughs> so that's all I'm. That's as far as I'll go with that. Um, Next up, we have Shriek, If You Know What I Did Last Summer. You, I never watched that. I don't think I... See, Matt, that's... Uh, the title says it all. 
it makes fun of the Scream movies and the I Know What You Did Last Summer movies. When when cool when Coolio is a part of your film, you got a problem because Coolio don't even look natural when he's being Coolio on stage, let alone tr- trying to act to be somebody in a movie. Yeah, no, that movie was absolutely horrible. And yeah, like I said, that the title says it all. It's pure garbage. I've um, never seen Coolio comfortable being Coolio in any interview. He's always like awkward. I couldn't see him <laughs> acting in a movie. No, it was it was atrocious. It, it was like I I can't even begin to describe it. <laughs> it was that bad. I believe that. I definitely believe that. So, with that being said, you and know, you all have a great night. And a great night. Stay safe in the insanity that is our world. Heard up. I will catch y'all on the next episode. Of shock treatment with Mel and Marty.